Hey guys, real quick, got to pay some bills. I want to reach out and say thanks to our buddy Brent with State Farm. Brent's a sponsor of the show. He can take care of all kinds of auto, home, and life, uh, any kind of outdoor specific things, boats, UTVs, four-wheelers, guns. Uh, he can take care of it. Give him a call, 501-362-5891. We appreciate him sponsoring the show. Thanks, Brent. Hey, welcome to the Whole Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harrell. I am recording today from Bill Byers Hunter Club in Hunter, Arkansas. I've got several guests on the show. We're going to run through and introduce all of them real quick. First one is the man, the myth, the, myth, the legend, Kaysen Short. He's the owner-operator at Bill Byers Hunter Club. Kaysen, thanks for coming on and visiting with us this evening. Thanks for having me. Dude, and thanks for hosting us here. We're going to talk a little bit about why we're here at Bill Byers Hunter Club and getting ready for season and some of the stuff that's going on here and dive in a little bit more in depth. My next guest is my good friend, known him forever. He's a member of my club, and by my club, I mean SBYL Hunting Club. Jason Pollock, what's up, Jason? Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So I put Kaysen and Jason next to each other because those two things rhyme. Kaysen and Jason, your mind is blown. Next up, my other guest is my friend, Kyle Massey. He lives over here in this part of the world. He is the farm manager, the chief right-hand man here at Bill Byers Hunter Club. Kyle, what's up, dude? Thanks for having me, bud. Yeah, I'm glad you're on here. Next up, I've got the one, the only, Gray Hero, my son. He's here helping me produce today because A.B. is not in the, even in the state. A, uh, Gray, what's up, dude? Hello. Hello? Can I hear that a little louder? Say what's up. Are you going to get, you're just going to produce gonna now? Talk. Not going to talk? Okay, he's not hosting. He's going to talk. He's not talking. And the last guest today is my good friend, J.J. Gustafson. JJ, he is the Director of Business Development at Lifetime Decoys, known him for about a year. We'll get into whole, that whole backstory. He's been on the, the podcast before, kind of talking about some of the stuff he's done in the past. JJ, thank you as well for being on. Howdy. Thank yeah, you for dude. having me, and I hope you don't regret giving me a mic. Yeah, well, you know, please don't make me regret giving you a mic. We'll, so. we'll see about all that. All right, so um, just so you guys know... Um, here at Bill Byers Hunter Club, you can follow them on Instagram. They are at Bill Byers Hunter Club and online at buyersfarm.com. So if anything we talk about today, you want to follow up with those guys, any questions and comments, you can check them out there. JJ's outfit, Lifetime Decoys, is at Lifetime Decoys on Instagram. And on the website, they are lifetimedecoys.com. Awesome. So keep yes, that in sir. mind as we know that. So I want to get those plugs in now. We'll talk about that more at the end. Kaysen, first of all, Tell everybody, why are we here right now at y'all's place here in Hunter, Arkansas? I would. I would <laughs> why are you here right well, now? Yeah, that's a good question, right? No, it's because you, uh, <clears throat> you guys are amazing volunteers, right? right. That's why we're here. That's, uh, that's why about 75% of us here in this room know each other right now. Sure. Uh, we are here uh, as... <laughs> What's it? What Don Ulysses Delta would say, "Doing it for the ducks." Yeah, we're doing it for waterfowl conservation. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, so we are here working on a little project, trying to study uh, white-fronted geese and mallards on their wintering ground. Time out for the layperson. What is white-fronted geese? Speckwellies. Specks. Yeah, specks. So, like, when we first started talking about this project we're about to talk about, Casey mm-hmm. would go on and on about greater white-funded geese and GWFG. I'm like, I was going to say it's abbreviated. Yeah, don't type yeah. it all. GWFG, yep, yep. if you see that on, like, a waterfowl conservation or biologist Instagram, they're talking about specks. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, so go on. We're here for a project about mallards and speckle-bellies. Yeah, pri- primarily speckle-bellies right now. If, if we get the opportunity to... Uh, to redeploy some mallard units. Gray's over Great. If you're going to be a producer, bro, you got to quit throwing stuff on the floor, you goofball. 
Yeah, yes, we all heard you drop it. So anyway, mallards it, and speckle bellies. Mallards and specks. Yeah, if we get the opportunity to redeploy some mallard units, uh, we will do so. Well, you're, you're getting way ahead of yourself. What are you talking about, mallard units? What's a unit? Uh, a unit is a GPS transmitter. Uh, it's a, without getting too bogged down in the details, basically a cell phone attached to their back that tells us uh, on a white front on their neck if it's if they're up, down, feeding, sleeping. Uh, flight speed, ground speed tells us more information than than you care to hear about right sure, now on a podcast. Yeah. Um, so it, basically, the project we're here with right now um, is banding. You know, that's what everybody in the waterfowl world is familiar with. You know, a duck band or a goose band. Um, banding and not just banding. Oh my gosh, Gray, you got to quit throwing stuff around in the room, bro. And he was, you know, for like 30 minutes, he was silent right there. Dude, and he was like so good when we were prepping everything. He just bounced. Right. Everybody, great, yeah. left the room. He's out. He's out. I've got four kids, so the, mine are all the same. I like, love it. Perfect so, until you need. So, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. live. So, um, this banding project is also to not only band and study specs and mallards, um, but to also, like you said, affix these transmitters that's giving even more detailed info than like a regular banding study. Is, is that kind of a, a 30,000 foot view of, of, of what we're trying to do going on? Absolutely. So with a typical metal leg band, you get two points of information. You get the banding data, which is you know, age, sex, all the stuff that you get when you file a report. And then the bander gets harvest data. Um, but amazingly, uh, for a lot of biologists, you, you can get, some data in between, I think, in our last, what, Kyle, you, you can say to this, to last four or so rocket nets, we've recaptured other bands. Yeah. Uh, so when that happens, when you catch a band, contrary to popular belief, that is not how a double-banded mallard happens. Yeah, so let's talk about this. When you talk about a recapture band, what that means is if someone's doing a banding study, whether they're catching ducks in traps or nets or whatever, and they catch some and it's already got a band on it that's considered what's called a recapture correct so that's another point of data for whatever the study is that you know xyz duck was banded at this location it was recaptured at this location and then it's also it's again released out into the world right to hopefully gather more data if it's harvested or recaptured again that's right that's another point of data on, on that bird so let's say gray here is a banded mallard okay so we know that gray is eight years old he's captured this year in hunter arkansas we'll put a band on him Right, in a typical situation, if gray is harvested, because that's a much more polite way of saying the other alternative. If gray <laughs> is, if, if gray is harvested, is canceled. If gray, if gray is harvested in three years, all that we really know about gray is that he was banned in Hunter and he was harvested in Russellville, Arkansas. I was going to say Devall's Bluff. Devall's Bluff, Arkansas. Whatever works for you. You made it twenty miles, gray. Right, but what we don't know about gray is where he went in that three years' time. Right. So if he gets recaptured. We may know that a year from now, Gray was recaptured in North Dakota. So, okay, we've got a pretty good idea of where Gray may spend his summers. Right. We've got three data points on Gray, if, if we're lucky. Right. Now, with the GPS transmitter, we're going to know where Gray rents his movies. We're going to know where Gray likes to eat. We're going to know how long Gray spends in the parking lot of Subway deciding how much he wants to order you're literally becoming big brother that's great it's absolutely true yeah we know your shortest shortest route to work where you like to eat the the it's unbelievable yeah and so i mean just uh i mean to touch on that a little bit 
having been slightly involved in a couple of projects here that mm-hmm. you guys have helped um, host and, and, and put together. And you guys have talked about that before, even though you tiptoed around being here, right? We have alluded to, yeah, yeah, yeah on the podcast about being uh-huh, it. But, right, you yeah. know, I, I, so here's the thing. It's like, and so that's, I mean, you laugh about it, but. No, I'm calling you out about I'm, it. But, but here's the thing. I'm a little paranoid being over here and like, so just for everybody out there that's listening, these transmitters that go on the specs or the mallards cost, I mean, what's a rough estimate on, on an individual transmitter, what it costs? Um, well, you know, we'll go with like fifteen hundred. They're typically. not cheap. No, they're not. They're not. A metal leg band costs five cents, right, or thereabouts. But these transmitters are—I mean—that's the barrier to entry. Yes, that's the hurdle we have to climb. So, and we'll talk more about that here in a little while. But so I'm paranoid to be like, well, we at this date we banded this in X Y Z because I don't want. I mean, I'd feel guilty if somebody was like, oh, I'm going to go kill me a transmitted... Well, because how terrible would it be that you've spent all this money, you've spent all this time, you've captured this bird, and you get data points for two months. Well, you, and and you guys have seen it, too. It you, you've all been front row. I mean, you, you've got, you know, boots in the mud. How long have we spent shooting that first net? Last year and this year. Right. How many man hours? Let's take Tina as an example. You well, guys who, were here. Wait, hold on. For everybody listening, who's Tina. This is not like a random ex-girlfriend that we're talking about here. We love <laughs> Tina. I mean, the world, all the, world, the whole world Tina. doesn't know about Tina. Yeah, Are you right? kidding me? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, JJ, you want you want to talk about Tina? I feel like you might could be more uh, illustrious I than can, I would be. I don't know if I'll be illustrious, but I can give a decent background. So we came out for my very first banding project um, and a lot of folks' very first banding project, and we camped out. At Byers Hunter Club about a year ago for about a year ago yeah within within a week yeah within a couple ago. days that's right and uh and we camped out here waiting for the birds to get into the perfect position so sometimes there were a lot of birds sometimes there weren't any birds sometimes there were birds behind the rockets in front of the rockets they were going to be on top of the nets whatever it was I don't know how many days we ended up camping out here 17. waiting for the perfect shot but it took a really long time and at some point, producer Grace says wow. three days. We were here three days. For I, think we were, says, I think we I think we referred to it as forty days in Hunter, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. it was a long time in the wilderness. <laughs> but whatever, whatever it was, uh, we ended up finally going ahead and shooting a shot. Paul said we're going to go for it, and we ended up <laughs> capturing one white fronted goose. <laughs> we can talk we about this now. So excited! Yes, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, truly, we'd put in so so many hours. Not me personally, like everybody else. I oh, you mean you, you were here all, with the volunteers? I mean, yeah. the volunteer hours are, are, are numerous. It's yeah. unbelievable. Well, and what's so funny, like I'll speak to me being a guy that had no idea what I was walking into. You'd roll in and you were so excited. You just thought like you were about to see the coolest thing in the world and your adrenaline was as high as it possibly could be. And you were amped up and sitting on the edge of your seat for two or three hours in the back of a truck, ready to go <laughs> at full speed whenever those rockets went off because we had no idea when that was going to happen and so you're just you're absolutely as ready as you could possibly be and so it was kind of nerve-wracking to do that for three or four days or whatever it ended up being so when we finally heard a rocket go off we're like oh my gosh (laughs) i can't believe this is happening and so we did this is happening and um you can give more background and story so one we shot the shot the rocket at this particular time a year ago and what do we have to show for it one single solitary goose um, oh yeah, but and we're not we're not dealing with like unprofessional people no, who like just the, have that's not how it done goes. this before. Yeah, like, yeah, but in, in true hunting fashion, you guys should have been here when we got them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Should have <laughs> yeah, been here yesterday. Them. I mean, yeah, like, you, you can't. You, 
So Tina is the first goose that this here at, in this area that part of this project that we actually were able to capture, right. put a leg band and put a neck yes. transmitter the, on the first bird. And and the to, thing to about, my knowledge in Arkansas, the thing the first about Tina Arkansas was, captured on the winter. She was absolutely she was actually a juvenile. That's correct, female and, juvenile, which is not ideal. For what we want to do, with Te- this. technically not included in the study, right? Technically not included. Yep. But she, she's tossed out. She was the only one, and it was a big debate about whether or not we want. Do you want to put yeah. a transmitter on her? And the the fabulous thing about it is that we put the transmitter on her, and it worked. And she came back this year, and we have all this data from yeah. from where she spent all she, winter long, and then went lot. back, and then now she's back. She's back right now, right around Stuttgart. Oh, we can't be telling locations, bro. Somebody gonna go shoot her. When, when is now? JJ, we got a question from Gray real quick. Gray, what you Gray got, bro? Hit us. Why did we name the goose? Oh, good question. Why did <laughs> we we'll name the goose? We'll have to talk to uh, Crazy Matt Goodritz about yeah. why we named her <clears throat> Tina. Why did we? Yeah. I was, was asking a, Matt was that about that Napoleon last Dynamite night re- reference? Um, over a beverage, and Matt was just saying, well, I thought the goose should have a name. No one thought the goose should have a name, and so I just kept calling it a name until everyone <laughs> relented to allow me to call it. And, and that, that, that is a fact. Yeah, I argued just, for he just a, probably like, an hour, like no, we're not, absolutely, no, and no way we're naming this thing Tina. It's yeah, stuck. Tina the it goose. Did. It did. It's stuck, and it's and great. So it's fabulous. Tina, Tina has been out there in the world for like a little over a year, giving back, you know, pretty much daily reports of her yeah. location. You know, what she's doing. So, can you give us any kind of insight into like this particular specific goose? Like, what what does it look like from a year ago this time when it was banded and transmitted in Hunter, Arkansas, Woodruff County? Well, so we saw a little bit of site fidelity. Which so what's uh, site fidelity? Like, clarify that term. You know, before you even ask the question, I was going to. I'm sorry. You stop stepping I want to sound like an important host here. So right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew well, you were going into that question. We, we got this. Yeah. So site site hey, f- what site fidelity? Are you done? I'm done. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Site fidelity uh, is basically loyalty or returning to a specific site. So while she did not, on the first initial pass, she did not return to our farm. She did fly directly overhead. So she passed over it now. On the same line, basically. Exactly. I mean, flew over our lodge, observed everything we had to offer, and decided it wasn't for her this year. Now, anyone keeping up? So you mean like... The same time this year, she was yes. yeah. But Correct. what did she do between when? I mean, can we talk about you know, sure. from October? Yeah. Like, you know, what is it? I'll, what's I'll a elaborate year for a, a, a little bit support? more about site fidelity because I think a lot of land managers are curious about that. Sure, um, I, I will say that in comparison to last year, we were some thirty odd days later getting out water this year due to uh, later planting dates, later harvest, sure. hurricane yeah. and rain. So yeah. very abnormal for us. Probably in the last thirty years, we haven't harvested rice in october this year we right, did yeah, so you're cutting rice in late late yeah we did see some site fidelity uh not not totally disappointed in her travels and again it's one bird sure um we've also deployed 14 other units later that, since then yes right, yeah right, later right, in november in, in, yeah. right first week in november that uh that we're seeing a lot of information from but in regards to tina um if anybody's familiar with the show ice road truckers okay yeah you watch the show you know where they travel they travel to prudhoe bay she spent her entire summer basically with an eyesight of the video cameras from Prudhoe Bay. Wow. Extremely close. Yeah. Uh, so she's up there near the oil fields. Um, so basically almost Arctic Circle, if, or maybe Arctic Circle even that far up. Yeah. That's crazy. That, yep. And that's the fascinating thing about the transmitter data that you get, whether from ducks or geese or whatever, that 
I mean, again, going back to the the metaphor of gray at Subway, you, you're seeing, I mean, as long as they're within cell tower distance, you're getting info captured of every step of their journey every day from whether it be Arkansas, Louisiana, all the way up to the Arctic Circle. And Gray, you got a question, dude? What was the question? How long can a goose travel or like a speckle belly goose specifically? Like how far can it travel? Good question. We're, you know, you're, Gray, to answer your question, what we're kind of looking at is a, a pretty nonstop flight from Prairie, Canada, all the way to the wintering grounds. We're, we're looking at a bird that moves out of their nesting grounds, stages in Prairie, Canada, and they kind of sit there, they talk to their buddies, a lot like some of the birds that we've seen here when the necks go up, and, you, and you're like, man, look, they're just looking for an excuse to leave. That's what they're doing up there in Prairie, Canada. They get there, they stage, they're waiting for the front, they're waiting for the right rear, and they're like, you know what? Let's go see our friends at SBYL. And they're headed, and they go. So they're, they're moving from, yeah, like Canada, north of the U.S. border, and they're flying straight through to Arkansas or north Louisiana or you know, East Texas, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay, so I have a random question. So we were talking about recapture, and I didn't get to ask this earlier, but <laughs> I, I've been thinking, so do you have any idea the percentage of birds that are recaptured? Because I genuinely don't know if it's like point zero 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 one percent or is it like 10% of birds? And how many how many birds that have a band have three data points on them versus the typical two? Like, I genuinely, I have no yeah, idea. That's and a, if we don't know the answer, that's fine. I, I, to, wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even know where to Yeah, no, I have that. no clue. I mean, that's, but that's a great question, and maybe some Googling would help. Or it's, Eventually, I'd love to have, you know, some of the biologists that are involved in this study to just you touch know, base on some of those. Swag, I would say, uh, of the bands we put out last year and the four recaptures. Why did you just say swag? What is Scientific that? wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. Have you not? Like, I was like, I was like, are we calling band swag now? No. Sort of like jewelry? I mean, like, what is what is going okay. on? I think I heard Paul laughing so, in the background. So y'all, 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 y'all had four recaptures. I, I believe that's correct. How many total birds did you end up capturing last year? Not that we can use Across all Fire species. Hunt Club as the case study, but for you in particular. A couple hundred. Okay. So. And there were four recaptures out of yeah. 200. So. Okay. And, and it was hard. To your point earlier, you know, a lot of that's a common misconception of, well, I kill a double banded duck with a reward band. That means it was caught twice. That's not Negative. the case. No, Negative. not the case at all. No, actually, my father <clears throat> of several reward bands it did encounter a bird one time that had two normal, just federal bands on it. Um, when reported, could not ever get information off the second band. So, could be an anomaly. Could be, yeah. uh, huh. could be someone like. One of us helping an operation that uh, didn't <laughs> follow the instruction yeah, very right. well. Yeah, um, ninety. I, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the time, if you encounter a double band, it is a reward band. But that is, I think we bumped into that question last night or the night before. But most often, people are like, "Oh man, did you band it again?" Like that's not how double bands right. happen. And usually, a reward band is to help Part encourage somebody the band it's to, to be incentivized. Yeah, yeah. To, it's like so, capitalism, Chris. Exactly. So let's go around. Let's go around. Let's, let's talk about bands in general real quick. JJ, how many how many bands you got? No you bands. For, no bands? No bands. I've not seen, shame, not band shaming no, no, or anything I'm here. Not, no, I'm from Texas, and so if you think about That's no like, excuse. The amount, no, I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm using it as a reason. Oh, There's sorry. Go on. Go on. I'll, you, I'll let you talk. No, but, I mean, I've seen a few bands killed. Not a lot. Which so what's is kind a few? of a bummer. Two? 
17? Uh, no, I would say 84. like... 84. Four? Four? Yeah. I can yeah. Have you got to, like, to flip for any of these? No. Or it was like you had no right to even uh, make a claim? They were all taken while I was on the camera. So I had <laughs> literally no right to flip for any of them. Which gotcha. was kind of a buzzkill. Yeah. Well, you'll have that. Yeah. But it's okay. It was good content it though, is right? It is. No, but I would say at the table, I'm also the youngest. And so I have a lot more ground to make up than everyone Okay. Else. Fair enough. Jason, how many bands on your lanyard? I've got one band on my lanyard. Um, Twenty years of waterfowling. <laughs> and when was that one harvested? The last, my first band was harvested last year. I was there for this. Yeah, Chris was there. So nineteen years in, I got yeah. my first one. So and you had to, uh, you had to draw straws for this one. If had I to draw right. straws, and I've seen, <laughs> not counting that one, I've probably seen six to eight others yeah. killed that I knew I didn't have no, a chance no on, claim on. No claim. Um, so last year was the first one I knew. Had you ever even flipped or drawn for one before? No. Last year was what the first. What is that emotion like? Ooh, because good, I yeah. feel like I feel like it's interesting because to me, if I was to ever envision myself in that scenario, it'd be like, no, like I know that I killed this bird. So I would either either be frustrated or maybe there's a world where I would participate knowing that I didn't kill the bird. Uh, I mean, it was definitely exciting. Um, oh, it can bring out the best and worst in people. Like, yeah, it, it, it definitely can. And we've all we've all hunted in big groups, so we know how how the shooting goes. And you think I killed that duck, and I killed that duck, or you killed that duck. <laughs> and six and, people were shooting at the same. And the dog yeah. picks it up, and it ends up in a pile. And then, sure enough, one of them's banded. So that's how you end up in a draw. So that's kind of how this one ended up last year. Um, it was definitely, it came down to, what, two or three people in the draw that we thought probably. So that's the funny thing about that is, is if I remember right, so like in our camp, you know, we've got eight or ten people. And there were several of us there, and so there was like two um, people drawing for that one that neither of y'all had. Had ever killed one. Won a flip right. for a band or right. killed one before. Yeah, so, so you're yeah. stoked. The other yeah. dude's stoked. And we're both the stoked. Day, like, yeah. It's just cool to be a part of the opportunity. Yeah. But at and the, the other same guy time, was like, Jack too. That at even, even at the he, end of the day, at the <laughs> at the draw, it came down to two guys that had never killed one that who had both seen. been hunting for twenty plus years. Yeah, yeah. So and had seen other ducks killed and ducks. lifelong yeah. friends. The two guys that were, had been hunting together for twenty <laughs> are years. Are y'all still friends? We're still friends. Okay. We're yeah. still friends. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm still friends with him anyway. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you know. I was going to be excited for him, and I feel like he was going to be excited for me. And that's cool. As yeah. luck would have it, I I won the draw. But but that's <laughs> not always how it goes. Like, no, it's not. You could so, be hunting with a dude that you've hunted with maybe once or twice or never before, right? And then it and that that has happened to me. And like well, I said, have all seen that probably so eight times before. Others. I'd like to make a, a quick point too for anybody listening. Regardless if you have one band or one hundred bands, report them. That's the purpose of yes. them. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it takes. That's why we're here today, right? We're, we're putting them Please out. Please report the band. I mean, you know, I can remember back, you know, hearing Dad and my my people all talking about, you know, they didn't want to. They didn't want. Used to, people felt like you had to send the band in to report it, and and this is fifty years ago, and you wouldn't get the band back, and so they wouldn't mm-hmm. report them, you know. And even back then, mm-hmm. you could literally write a letter. In. Well, now yeah. you can. I mean, I've done this, Find and not that I've killed a lot of banded ducks, but I have literally in the hole pulled my phone out. And reported the band on the band website, which is www.band.gov, I think. We, we've that had that happen with recaptures, too. Oh, yeah, not, we, not to we'll name anybody. That. Yeah, right. I, I just heard right. that today. Anyway, so you can literally report. So um, regardless if it's your first or your hundredth, please take a moment and report it because 
what a band means to you or to me as whether it's a memory or a trophy or a reason to thump your chest or because you shot a goose on the golf course, that's fine. But if you don't report it, it's not serving its purpose, purpose. to right. the scientists, the biologists that the volunteers, the, the volunteers that are involved in this, the man hours. study may be right. yeah. the man hours show of hands here. Everybody at the table who here has deployed more bands than they've harvested. I am now in that vicinity. That's everybody yeah. at this table, right? Yeah, yeah right. Every and person for everybody that's at this table. listening, I know you can't see us raising our hands. That's why yeah, we confirmed answer. that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's everybody here. Yeah, everybody here. Hey guys, uh, just want to say thanks for listening. This is Chris Harrell with the Whole Boss Podcast. Uh, just a reminder: you can hear us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, basically any podcast platform. Your favorite one. We should be on it as the Whole Boss. We're also on. All social medias like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. The whole boss on all of those as well. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Give us a like. We'll take a review. Word of mouth is a big thing too, guys. So um, be sure and spread the word. Let some of our fellow outdoorsmen and women know that you like what you hear and uh, send them a link. We'd appreciate that very much. If you have any questions, give us a shout. If you'd like to... Give us any ideas on future guests or topics. Please reach out if you want to come on and talk about stuff. Our our microphones are always open. So thanks again on behalf of Austin Brown and myself. We are the Whole Boss Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, guys, just a quick reminder, too. Uh, if you're looking for any kind of insurance, auto, home, or life, or something specific to the outdoors, like boat, UTV, need something for additional for your guns, uh, reach out to our friend Brent Brainerd. He's with State Farm out of Heber Springs, Arkansas. Uh, they handle all that type stuff. You can reach them at 501-362-5891. Uh, give them a call. Take care of any of your insurance stuff.